started. So I'm going to introduce my channel again. My channel is, I'm Michelle Forday. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida with a specialization working with people that have been released uh, from prison, as well as people that are involved in the criminal justice system. I believe I can say as much as I want to, but it's better to hear it from the horse's mouth about how to cope after you get out of prison. So I have Martin on the, on the show today to tell us a little bit about his EOS journey, what his struggles were, his successes, and how he got through it all. So Martin, go ahead, introduce yourself. How's it going? I'm Martin. I'm 30 now. I got locked up when I was 18, a senior in high school. And uh, well, I mean, immediately after release, I was homeless. I really didn't have a, anywhere to stay. You know, most people don't. And uh, that, that's one of the more fearful things. You get to the end of the sentence, you don't even almost want to get out because, you know, like you're comfy where you're at. And me, I had a good job. I Time was flying. It sounds horrible to say that, but that's how it is. At the end, you get scared. Yeah. You don't, Short you don't time want syndrome. To leave. Yeah, you don't want to leave. And then, uh, you know, I, I was squatting in a, in a foreclosed home. I mean, see what so I had to do. How did it turn out that way? What occurred that you had to go out homeless? I really just don't have, I mean, my mom lives out here. She was already living with someone, her boyfriend, so she couldn't just bring me into the house as well. Gotcha. So that's really my only family I have out here. Yeah. And that's so how that had to be tough. To yeah, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. And um, what I'm hearing is, is DOC did not help you? No. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get your $50? No. I was, at, I was a canteen operator before I left, so I had money in my books. They weren't giving me anything. Did you get your Greyhound ticket? No, nope. my mom picked me up. Oh, okay. Yeah, she picked me up. I just, I had nowhere to stay. I didn't yeah. have any friends, because three years later, no one, you know, everybody no. forgets about you. Yep, pretty much. So what was that like? Uh, that was horrible. I was scared every day, because I was like, is today the day they come put a notice on my door? You know, and I, then I'm in the woods, and who would know, you know, after that, that, that was horrible. But the worst part was being there and just, I couldn't get a job anywhere. That's the hardest thing, I think, period. Because they even give you a list, like, these places hire felons. No, they don't. That's a lie. One of them was Sam's Club. I remember I had an interview at Sam's Club, got hired, and fired all in the same handshake. And I'll never forget that. It's one of the like main turning points i'm like damn i can't even work at the grocery store this is yeah. crazy this is this is not gonna be easy no no yeah and so what happened after that well after that luckily i was walking my dog one day i have a chocolate lab and uh i ran into one of my buddies from high school who has a lawn business i asked him if he's hiring and uh you know, he was, luckily. I, I wasn't making much, probably. I was working, like, plus 50 hours, bringing home, like, 370 a week. But I didn't care. It, you know, it's money. It's more than I had. So I was happy. Yeah. And so that's backbreaking work, too. Yeah, especially in Florida. Yeah. It's so 
especially down like central south florida so it's super hot and so it's kind of lucky that you're walking around and found this person yeah you know i believe in that type of stuff like you're at the right place at the right time and uh i was definitely at the right place at the right time and how long was this after you eos maybe like two two three months so two, three months, you, how were you supporting yourself in that time? Selling drugs. Well, marijuana, I don't want to say drugs, I was selling marijuana, doing what I had to do to get by. And uh, yeah, I remember I, I just make enough. Some days I go to this place, it's like a buy one, get one meal, I get them. That way I know I have lunch and dinner and I'm, I'm hanging out. So that's, that's something else. And so, you started going back down a path that could have potentially gotten you in trouble. Yep. And then That's you the said. I saw it as the only path at the time because, you know, your, your brain gets cluttered. You know, like I said, I'm getting denied job after job. And then, you know, you see the easy money. And it always looks easy. Like I said, in, uh, I think I said it in Jake's interview, one of my buddies hit me up, asked me to go. He had a, a, a sweet lick in his words. And I'm like, no, sir. You know, I, I'm not with that because I know what all that shit, PRR, all that. I just got out, and so did he. And, uh, you know, I said no, and he got arrested for that, and he had to deal with the PRR consequences on that. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I was down the path, but I knew at the same time I wasn't going to do anything to get me permanently incarcerated. Good for you. I've seen people go back after one month. <clears throat> They were released and one month later, I still deal with somebody that he released, freaked out, and um, now he's in for an attempted murder charge. So now he has life because he's PRR. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes, especially down here. Yeah. And so how did you move past all that? How did you say, okay, I'm gonna go sit here and reach out to somebody? What, Cause you've been shot down how many times? Too many times to count. A lot, enough to where I was literally sitting outside Sam's Club, like in tears, thinking like, this is the end of the road, you know, maybe even contemplating bad thoughts in my head, you know, dark thoughts at the time. And yeah, that's, you're right, 100%. And so how about this dog? (laughs) (laughs) He's hiding right now because it's thundering outside. He's scared, but he's still here. So it sounds like he kept you alive. Yeah, I tell a lot of people that because one day I remember I came home specifically, you know, like I said, down on myself, crying, just can't figure life out. And he just looking at me like, bro, you got this. Like, you ain't letting me down, so you better do something. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, he was eating Cheerios at the time. He wasn't eating dog food. Like, he was just, that was just my guy. And so this lasted about two months. Yep. Then you saw your friend that was running the lawn mowing company and you hit him up for a job. He said, I got you, man. Gave you a job. You're making yeah. 270 a week, working 50 hours a week. 370, 370. 370. Oh, I shorted you 100. Yeah. Need- <laughs> that 100 bought the dog food. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and how long were you working there then? I worked there for about four and a half years. Yeah, I was 
I, still no other job opportunities came my way within four and a half years. Because I'm definitely not one to be uh, happy where I'm at, but that's just how tough it is. Yeah. What was the mindset that got you through all this? Because what you're talking about is a lot of struggle. And I know a lot of people struggle when they get out. Yeah, I mean, it's mentally hard as it can be, honestly. And uh, But you just have to be happy with every day, just better than you were the day before, as long as you're better than the day before. By the time you get to the end of the road, it'll all fall together. Because every day you have to be better. Me, I'm a runner. I like to run. So every day I'll run, I'll think about what I did wrong today, what I could do better. And for me personally, that helps my mental health every single day. It clears my mind. It, it, uh, it wears my brain out so I'm not all over the place all day. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that really helped me, jogging. Good. Well, I, there's somebody that I had met where um, his whole thing that keeps him out of prison, this is the one that had like a month between his two sentences. It was McDonald's and women. Because there's oh, no McDonald's, there's no women, really, in the prison system. So he said, I can't come back here again. I like McDonald's and I like women. There's no air conditioning. You <laughs> so yours is AC and what else? Wow, yeah. It, well, that in the guard, <laughs> that in the guards killing me would be the top two number, <laughs> number two reasons to stay out of prison for sure. Yeah. And so whenever you you started going down and saying, you know, this is this is horrible. I don't know how long I can you know deal with this. How'd you get yourself back up again? I heard every running. Day. Yeah, well, like I said, every day you gotta get up and just I would just try to do better. I stopped obviously selling uh drugs now that I was working. I was up at six in the morning, working till seven at night, eight at night, really didn't have time to do anything. I was too tired to, you know, do anything else, do anything illegal. I couldn't even do anything legal. I was too beat. People want to go out. No, I can't go out. I'm tired. What do you mean by, like, uh, wh what did I do after? Like, how did you cope? What were the things? What I'm hearing you say is that you kept yourself very, very busy by working. Okay. I heard you say that you um, use exercise as a way to deal with your stress and for you to refocus. And I hear that that helped you clear your mind. You reviewing your day helped you clear hard, your mind. It's hard to think about when you put it like, what helped me cope? Because at the time, I really don't see it like that. <clears throat> I just saw it like, today's going to be better than yesterday. And then, uh, you know, literally every single day, I just try to do better and better, be a better person, better worker, all of that. I, as far as, I don't know how to cope because... It's just, it's, it's all in your brain. It's mental, you know? Yeah. Some people let it beat them up. <clears throat> Some people use it as motivation. And I, I'm wanting to use it more of as a motivation tool. Good. So I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to answer that question, but that's the best that I can. You just answered it. You said I kept a positive attitude. I made sure that I stayed focused. I looked at what I did positive. I looked at what I did negative, what I can prove, and I focused on what I can improve. It sounds like you didn't stay wallowing in, you know, self-pity. You just said, here's a problem. I have to fix this problem. Yeah, you, you cannot. The self-pity will kill you. Like, that will beat you up. You can't do that. Even if it's for <clears throat> 10 minutes, you got to snap yourself out of it. Find something that you love and just think about that, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. So you... 
a dark place is a real thing and it's a snowball it goes straight downhill or uphill it could be the same thing with positivity mm-hmm. and so you cut lawns you did that for four and a half years at least if not five yeah and that hot florida sun yep and now you cut hair and now i cut hair <laughs> how did that work out how'd you get that uh honestly my buddy owns a, a shop near me and i was in there getting cut one day and i'm like man i am sick of working my butt off for no money and he's just like go to school bro i got you and he probably didn't even think i'd even go to school but i'm like i went home thought about it i was in school like two weeks later and uh you know it's a, it's a whole year program so i'm waking up in the morning 6 a.m going to cut lawns leaving work at four, showering, going to school five to 11 for a whole year. And, uh, you know, I get to the end, I have like three months left. I'm like, what's up? I'm ready. And uh, he actually went in and got me graduated two months early out of school and kept his word, hired me. And I've been there to this day, still me and him. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Because, you know, a lot of people, I feel like when they get out, they have a hard time trusting people or believing that people want the best for them, which I had the same problem. I still, to this day, eh, I don't know how much I really trust people. Trust animals a lot more. But uh, you got to let people help you sometimes. Sometimes people genuinely want to help. And uh, like even if he didn't want to help me, even if he thought he'd never graduate, oh, well, you got to help me now. I put in my, my end of the deal. Now it's on you. Sometimes you just got to, you know, get yeah. in where you fit in. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And what else do you do now? What What does your life look like now that you're not incarcerated and you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're not getting in trouble? What does it look like? It looks great. I just got home from Miami. I was there this week. I was down there cutting uh, one of my buddies who was fighting down in South Florida. Just hanging out and uh, I'm able to. My life, I make my own schedule. It's easy. It's in air conditioning, which is a plus. <laughs> and uh, I really don't do too much. I stay away from nighttime activities. I feel like a lot of trouble happens at night. And uh, even if you're not looking for it, sometimes people be out drunk driving, all that crazy stuff. I just try to avoid that stuff. And uh, that's about yeah. it. And if I remember I really your story, your I'm story. Still uh-huh. <laughs> I'm only at the beginning. I'm still trying to stack back up. You know, hopefully, hopefully years down the road you interview me. I'm on the beach in a mansion, retired. And then I can tell you how my everyday life is. Tell you I'm taking the jet here, jet there. That's the goal. That's where I want to be. Goal needs to just be happy. <laughs> happy. Oh, I'm already, I'm already happy. That's, then that's you're every there. Day. Every day. Even when, I was at my, even when I was at my lowest. I was still happy to be here. Like, I was having bad thoughts and stuff, but I'm like, you know what? There's a bunch of people in way worse places than me. I'm just going to smile. That's all you can do. Good for you. And now one of the things that I know about you is that you want to reach out to other people. You want them to reach out to you. So what does that look like? What do you mean, what does it look like? What does it look like to you? How do you want to help people? If people reach out to you, what is it that you are able to do? 
I'm able to, I will help people any way they need help, whether it be they're on the edge of a bridge about to jump off or they about to go into a 30 year sentence and they just want to talk. They could, you know, hit me up. I'm always here. Like I said, I really don't do too much. And uh, I love helping people. I've had I've met a couple people message me, and it's rewarding. It's it's you know, even if they don't listen, I still enjoy it. But most listen, and uh, got a lot in common with most people. I can relate. I know how hard it is out there, and uh, I really enjoy that. I like I've, I've tried reaching out to bigger, you know, not bigger organizations, but like the sheriff's office and stuff like that. But they don't want to help. And that's, that's how I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to find other ways to reach out because you guys just want to keep us in there. That That's why you don't want to let me in there to help, which I got down the road. I didn't realize. <laughs> Cooper, be quiet. And, uh, <laughs> He's going to get the thunder. <laughs> yeah, so now, I mean, I, if anyone's even, I, I had uh, a gentleman hit me up saying he's on probation. He loves smoking marijuana. He's like, I know it sounds silly, but I just can't stop. And I'm like, no, I get it. Like, it's a habit. It's in your daily routine. And this is a fit, fit guy. Like, this dude's fit. And he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> just go get you some CBD weed and smoke it. Yeah. And he, he messaged me back the next day. He's like, you're a damn genius. He's like, that. <laughs> It, it, it did exactly what I needed to do, and I appreciate that. And I'm like, no problem. So any little problem, I'll, I mean, if we can't figure it out, we all, I'll reach out to someone else who can figure it out. We'll get it solved, whatever problem it is. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, we were talking about that. I love when people reach out to me. It's really nice. But I get a lot of family. For some reason, uh, yeah. I get a lot of family. They reach out. And I know it's tough for people to reach out. It's tough to send a message to someone saying, hey, I'm not doing good, you know, da 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 But ain't nothing wrong with that. Sometimes all you need is a message, and it, it helps somebody. They turn it all around. Yeah. And I can tell you as somebody that does this professionally and then somebody that does this informally, um, sometimes I feel like um, I've helped more informally than I have formally. So what you're doing is important. People reaching out to you is important. It makes yeah. a huge difference. It makes a really big difference. So on that note, what other advice do you have for people that are releasing from prison? Or releasing? Yeah, or because, you know. Well, going in, just don't go, just stay out. Just say no to whatever you're about we to We know do. that part, but we're, we're looking at the people that have already gone in. And now you have to. You got to stay positive. You can't think just because one bad thing happened or 10 bad things happened that that's the end of the road. The road is so long that you can't even see it from the beginning. That's the problem. So you just have to go take a couple steps, start working towards the end of that road. And I promise you the end goal is going to be better, but you have to stay positive. You have to wake up every day happy to be there. You have to try, number one. A lot of people say they're trying, like looking for jobs and stuff. They're not trying. You got you to gotta really be trying we're already against the odds, 80 to one, trying to look for jobs. You know, you can't work. You're working, you're basically, they try to push us into labor, you know? So come out, get into something, just make whatever money you can and then start your own business is the best advice I can give you. You know, I've told a couple people, 
even if you're working a couple of weeks and you get lawn equipment, that's a career right there. You do 10, 20 lawns a week starting up. There you go. That's more than most people make a week already. And then it'll only get higher from there. So mm-hmm. just have to keep moving forward. I'm telling you, you won't even be able to see the end of the road. It'll, it'll be scary. But once you get there, I'm not even there. I imagine it's going to be great. Like I said, every day that you wake up and you're out here, every single day, this is, all of this is the joy. All this yeah, is well, the joy. When I don't have lights getting turned on in my eyes at 5 a.m., life's good. Oh, count time? <laughs> wake up time, 5 a.m., yeah, that's what it was. Oh, good. So any parting words? Just, uh, if anyone sees this and they want to reach out to me, let's talk, chat, whatever it may be. Like I said, feel free. All right. Sounds good. I'll put your contact right. information in the about section underneath. And All right. If, I appreciate you having me on here. Oh, no problem. I'm glad to have you on. I want more people on. So if you have EOS stories, anybody, please hit me up. The more people that we have on that can show the struggles and how they got through it, the more people can understand that struggling is part of it. Just because shit is hard does not mean that you give up or you're not meant to be out here. Because I've seen people that they become so overwhelmed that they say, I'm not meant to be here. This is a yeah. sign that I'm, a, you know, that I'm supposed to still be in prison. And it's mm-hmm. not a sign. This is something that so many people go through. And yeah, I have, a, I, have a, sorry, I have a buddy who, uh, EOS, with me, he was, he was incarcerated with me. He did six years and then they uh, deported him to Albania, which he's never been in his life, but that's where he's from. And, uh, you know, they're slaughtering goats for dinner and he doesn't know anybody. And, uh, you know, he made it. He now lives in Dubai. I think he owns a coffee shop, I believe. I don't know if he owns it yet, but it's in the works. And uh, he made it out there off of knowing nobody off of scratch. So I promise you, in your town where you know people, you can make it. Sometimes that's not always a good thing when you know people, though. Well, yeah, you got you to gotta know the right people. You, all the negative people got to get cut off. Done. Because sometimes they'll come sniffing around after you get out of prison. Yeah, like, like my friend who tried to hit me up, like I said. And it, it wasn't even tempting. Like I wasn't even ever contemplating it. And I feel horrible that I didn't tell him at the time, like, Hey, bro, don't do that. You know, I should, I didn't say that. I just said, no, nah, I'm not interested. But, uh, yeah. Well, you let a person make their own stuff, especially if they're not reaching out. Cause otherwise they don't listen anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. In my mind, he's not a friend if he's asking me to go commit a crime with him. I learned that while I was in there. So I, he must have not learned his lesson. No. You should see how many people don't learn their lesson. It's crazy. But then yeah. I've seen people that they did learn their lesson and then it just becomes so overwhelming that it they is just over, it is overwhelming. That. I've had people steal out of a deli just to get like, caught. I don't know, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I, the camp I was at, these guards were really booting people to sleep. like. I feel like people who re-offend, I don't know, maybe they were at like some easier camp. I don't know, but like most people I knew that were at Brevard, CI with me, they didn't re-offend. Most of us are still out here doing normal stuff. 
That's always the conflict that I have because I don't want prison to be absolutely awful because like that's not really good. But on the other hand, yeah. I also know that pain is what pushes people forward. So prison being intolerable pushes people, some people to never reoffend again. If it's too soft, people are like, oh, I can do that time. That's not a big deal. Like three years out of my life, that's, you know, that's, that's not that bad, but. Uh, me, I'm like, this is a tenth of my life to this day. That's a lot. Yeah. But other people think, because I, I worked at Madison. Madison was a cupcake camp. Pretty easy. Um, like we said before I started the video, the officers there were not, they were not beating inmates. It just <laughs> wasn't happening. Say that again? Never, which was crazy to me. But yeah. They set them up with bogus DRs. That's about it. That's everywhere. Took their coffee. And then I would get a psych emergency for that. You know how that goes. They would put us in this place called Complex. It was like 30 degrees in our boxers. And just torture us. That was crazy. Yep, nope. But I also would go and I'd help out at other camps where that was more of an issue. So I'd help out at Hamilton and I helped out at um, Union. Oh, Union was a mess. Oh, that was a CM inpatient unit. Yeah. That's a bad one. Yeah. So, but I'll put your contact information in the about section and people can hit you up on Instagram yeah. by messenger and be able to reach out to you if they're struggling and you can I mean, kind of help or them. Or if they're doing good. If they have other good stories, let me hear those too. Let's get all the positive energy in here. All right. So good stories too. You want the good stories. I want it all. Yeah. I, I feed off that. All right. Sounds good. Take care.